Should Boston College change up their offensive scheme with their new offensive coordinator? Or should they stick with what Frank Signetti did and get going from there? All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the best way to experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. All right, so we still have not gotten the official... Again, at the time of this recording, official notification that Frank Signetti is definitely leaving for Pitt. But as I said on yesterday's show, and I said it on Friday, Pete Thamel of now of ESPN has announced that it's happening. So it's as good as gold for that to happen. And I've heard buzz uh, that it's basically it's it's happening. So Frank Signetti is going. We talked in the last two shows. We had Mitch on Friday, and on yesterday I talked about my thoughts about the offensive coordinator position. We'll continue talking about where. Boston College should go with this. And yesterday we talked about pl- uh, coaches I thought uh, would be where I thought Boston College would go. But I think there's an interesting question that, that has been brought up that should be addressed. When they replace Signetti, should they move on from this pro-style offense? Should they make some adjustments to it? Should they go for a whole new scheme? And that's an interesting thought because I'm guessing that Jeff Halfley has his scheme in mind. But... He's a young head coach, so he could easily change his his viewpoint of what he wants. Given you know a a, a new coordinator that had like you know for instance, say if they brought in Brian Hartline, the wide receivers coach of Ohio State, they bring him in and he has a vision for more of a tempo, you know, more spread him out, spread offense than the the pro styles concepts that that Signetti did. Would Halfley switch to that? I'm sure he would. I'm sure he is not wedded to a specific system. I mean, he's a defensive coordinator. Um, I think whoever he brings on the offensive side, he's going to trust. So let's look at the pros and cons of what um, Signetti's style was as a, you know, a pro style cor- um, a pro style offense. So as you saw the last two years, it was it was the concepts are very uh, similar to what you see in the NFL. These are, you know, it's less of the RPO, less of the the spread air raid, and obviously it's not the same as whatever the heck Steve Adazio was doing, but. It's a one. It's eleven concept, meaning there's one running back, one tight end, and then four wide receivers, and then you you know you. It's not tempo. It's basically lining up, you know, t- huddling, getting up the field, using tempo at times, um, and then going from there. Now, I liked the system at, at points because I particularly think that Boston College should not be running tempo all the time unless they have a defense on their heels. Unless you get a good defense going on Boston College, you do not want your offense getting off the field that fast. Even if you're scoring, you're putting pressure on a defense that's not deep enough to do what you want it to do, which is, you know, two minutes, you're back on the field. That's going to gash your defenses. So I'm not a big fan of tempo at this point of where Boston College's depth chart is at. I liked how the pro-style offense just basically could suck the life out of any other team. You know, they scored their points. You know, they averaged about 28 points both seasons. But 
they also controlled the ball when they were when they were doing it. You know, there'd be those drives that Jakovic and that that passing game could run that would be you know 12, 12 plays, seven minute drives. That's the kind of style I think Boston College needs to stick with. So my hope, my hope, is that the new offensive coordinator keeps that style because I think on paper it will work. Now there are some things about Signetti. Signetti's offense that I didn't think worked, you know, for, I mean, and it's more of a style than a scheme. The fact that he couldn't figure out how to adjust that style to Dennis Grossell was, was worrisome because I think even if Dennis Grossell is incredibly limited um, in what he could do, you could adjust some of the scheme things to make it work. And Mitch talked a little bit about that on Friday's episode, but you know, I think there were some worries about Signetti there. So a coach that's a little bit more flexible with with the offense. Um, we saw pieces of it with with Signetti, which surprised me. You know, the first year there was no running game to speak of, and he basically almost went air raid with that offense. It was still pro style, but there was a lot of passing attempts, um, and so he was able to do that. But you know, when things weren't working well, it didn't seem like he could figure that out. So hopefully, this new offensive coordinator will bring in a scheme that really works that style. And I honestly, I my main goal for whoever this offensive coordinator is, literally, I'm, I'm looking short-sighted here for, for BC. They need an offensive coordinator that can put in a system or repeat the system just so Phil Jakovic can be healthy and successful. I don't want whoever this is to come in and blow up this offensive game plan and, and then have Jakovic learning on the fly again. I want them to to adjust a little bit so that it's even more successful for Jakovic, but also keep it simple for him. Keep it the same that it's been the last two years because I don't want him. I don't really want Phil Jakovic to have to relearn an entire offense. So even if this new coordinator has other ideas of how he wants to run the offense, save it to 2023 because Jakovic needs to have his system in place the way he did it for the last two years when he was healthy. Um, and that will that will uh, ensure more success out of the quarterback position because changing things would just be bad. I just do not like that as an idea. But you could change some little things too. And I would love a quarterback coach that can teach Jakovic to understand some of that underneath stuff because um, I, I still think Phil Jakovic needs the ability to fit, you know, hit those underneath guys. He misses them so often. And I'm sure Signetti worked with him, but I, I don't know if the new coordinator can have some ways to help him his vision of the field because Jakovic cannot just be going for 30 yard, 20 yard bombs every time he goes back to pass. He needs to have some of that short and intermediate stuff or he's going to get killed. So hopefully that will be something else that they can kind of incorporate in whoever this coach is, either at quarterback or offensive coordinator. So there's no new news on who the new names are. There isn't any uh, buzz of any new guys. If you know they're going to go within the program or outside the program, it's all been pretty hush hush. I mean, BC still hasn't even announced that Signetti is leaving yet. So, I mean, Signetti, his Twitter handle still has Boston College in it. So, we're going to have to wait, and um, I'm going to try to to dig up some dirt as soon as I can with with names and and whoever Boston College is linked with. We'll try to find that out. Um, I. I think that's where we're going to have to wait for now. So it's more offensive coordinator talk here at Locked On Boston College. Um, whenever we find out more information, we'll be sure to break it here. So make sure you follow and like us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And for those of you that have made us your first listen, I want to thank each and every one of you that have listened to Locked On Boston College. We have grown so much over the last year. We've had so many new listeners reach out to say, hey, just checked you out. We love you. You know, you know, it's a great way to get my Boston College news. I'm glad that you are all here. Um, and if you get if you like us, 
tell two friends. Just say, hey, you know, you know, two two roommates from college. If you went to BC and say, hey, you know, you gotta check out this podcast. Twenty five minutes a day. Um, it gives you really great BC news and analysis. Uh, check it out and you know follow it along on YouTube too, and that helps as well. Thank you all. And in a moment, we will chat about basketball again. I want to get into what I liked and my takeaways from Saturday's win over Clemson. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. This is the second straight day we're going to talk basketball because I still want to continue to break down the Boston College win over Clemson in one of the most exciting basketball games I have seen out of the Eagles in probably about five years. Um, You know, there have been so many moments, and even this year, there have been moments that just rip at you as a Boston College fan. You know, this year it was the Albany loss, the the UNC loss. I mean, the the close losses to Pitt and, and, and George Tech stunk too, but... Those t- the the Albany like losing to teams that you never want to lose to, in, in those bye games and getting absolutely smoked by UNC. Those were the types of losses that just you know, it makes it hard to follow a team. And I'm sure a lot of you at home are watching too, going, "Why am I paying attention to Boston College basketball? Why do I care to put waste my time when the team year in and year out is not fun to watch, not interesting? They don't win. They don't really do much that's like unexpected." And I get that. I totally get it. I mean, like you've what you've we're now going on to year like 13 or 14 of complete irrelevance for this program. And you're bringing in a coach that no one believe not not no one believes it, but no one had heard of. He really had like kind of a mixed bag for a record. And you're supposed to buy in immediately with not much else changing at that point. You bring in a bunch of transfers and a bunch of holdovers while losing all your scores. Why would you want to watch this game? Why would you watch the Clemson game on Saturday? Well, I think Earl Grant and that that program did an amazing job of showing you the future of Boston College basketball because what you saw was something that you de- you never ever saw under Jim Christian. You never saw it under Steve Donahue. Steve Donahue. You know, they, they, both of those coaches had big wins. You had the Duke wins and the Syracuse and UNCs, but they were always battling in those games. What you saw, it, but when when Donahue and Christian were coaching, and a team would jump out like Clemson did against Boston College, they would wilt almost every single time. They would never come back because that was not how the makeup of those teams were. They were just not. They weren't tough. This team is tough. We saw that on Saturday. You know, BC goes down nine nothing to start this game. They go down by as much as twenty three, and did they quit? No, they continue to battle. They fight back. They 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 scratch and they claw. They are gritty. They are are tough. They are are there. And this is a team that doesn't quit, right? They are. Uh, you know, first of all, I'm not here to like blow smoke out your up your butt, but they are a team that is not perfect. They are clearly not a perfect team. But are they enjoyable to watch? Yes. 
you got to give this team a chance because they are they're they're not the most talented team in the world. They're still making mistakes, but man, they're going to battle every single week, every single game. They're going to have some fun outcomes. So, what were some of the, my takeaways from watching this? Other than the fact that this team is gritty, they're everything that they're they're living the motto of gritty, not pretty. The thing that Earl Grant said that some of you liked, some of you were like that's silly, but that's exactly what they were. They were gritty and they weren't pretty in that game, and and they won and they won a game on the road for the first time in 23 months. So, first of all, I can I, I talked a little bit about him before, but Brevin Galloway is everything that you want in this program right now. He is an emotional leader. He is a vocal advocate for BC basketball. He is outspoken. He's all over social media talking about BC basketball. He is all he does all the small things. He hits the big shots. He, as I said on yesterday's show, he reminds me so much of the guys during the Jared Dudley and Craig Smith era. Like a guy that has the – like there's something Sean Marshall-esque about him that I, I, I love watching. Like he's not perfect, um, but he does so much. And the fact that he's out there and he makes those big plays – and this is after missing a month with a knee injury, a knee that he's been battling – for like a year and a half now. He goes out there and hits a shot in the biggest moment of his life. Because, yeah, Boston College won't be playing for the NCAA tournament. They probably they, they most likely won't be in the NIT. But to go back home, to do this in front of all your fans at a school that you camped at as a kid against a program that you probably wanted to go to because you're a South Carolina guy, to do that in his own backyard, that is amazing. And it shows you what character Brevin Galloway has. And he was all over uh, the ACC network today. I didn't get a chance to hear what he said, but I, a, a lot of fans were really pumped to hear him talk. He's he's exactly what you want for this program. And he going forward, he's the he's the face. I thought that was kind of funny at the beginning of the year, like even before I got to meet Brevin, like to see him all over the 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 promotional materials like who is that and i'm like oh it's brevin galloway and i'm like oh really you gotta put a transfer up there with some like you know like damar langford he sh- and and i, I I'll, I'll admit i was wrong he should be on the, the poster he they knew right away that this is a guy that is that is born to be the face of boston college basketball for the season and boston college a team that direly needed some sort of identity, some sort of leader, they got it. Brevin Galloway is it. And you know what? Boston College may not win many more ACC games, but they got a guy that will bring them into battle every single week, and that is all you can ask for out of a guy like Brevin Galloway. And I hope, I really do hope, I saw some people posting about it on social media, that he's a guy that will stick around to be an assistant when he's done because he's a guy, I think, that would be perfect for that role, that would bring in all sorts of young recruits and really show them what Boston College is all about because he gets it. He's been on campus for six months. He gets it. Um, And it's so much fun to watch him play. The second takeaway I got out of this game was, (laughs) speaking of the guys on the posters, don't sleep on James Karnick was my second takeaway because all this year we've been talking about Quentin Post and the games that he's played and some, you know, he had that big output earlier this week um, against um, Georgia Tech because they had no big but James Carnick had a great game against Clemson. And a lot of people dismiss him because he's not the most physical center. He's not the most agile or the best shooter. But he gives you quality minutes. And sometimes you sleep on him and you forget that he's there and he makes a big shot or he makes a big play. 
And I think that is something that's understated about him because, he, again, I don't want you guys to have me come across as like a honk here saying that all these guys are great. He's very, you know, he's clearly got issues in certain areas of his game, but he's also manageable and the guy that you can use. So my second takeaway, he had a good game against Clemson. It was to not sleep on James Karnick. Um, and I already talked about my definite, this was a definition of gritty, not pretty one. That was my third one, but I already talked about that. And this again, this year is all about building towards the future. I don't think any people out there thought that Boston College would go into the season as a, a NCAA um, contender, a guy that, you know, someone that would be in the top half of the ACC. But this this kind of win is what you use to build the future. You can, you can take this clip. You can show the clip of Brevin Galloway hitting that three-pointer. And him going crazy, and all the 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 um, insanity afterwards, with you know all the cheering in the in the um, locker room and in the community feeling when they were hugging Anthony Goins and all that good stuff. This is what you show to recruits. You show them. You don't show them the empty stands at Conti Forum because that's what that is what it is until they they get on campus and start to change that culture. But you have to change the culture before you get the fans back. And that is what these types of wins will do. Um, they're gonna get you're gonna get the Donald Hands in, the Prince Aligbe, the Chaz Kellys, and the Armani Mighties in here. You're gonna get a couple of probably transfers that will want to play here. You get you all you need to do is get the feeling that there's something with this program that's going in the right direction, and you're gonna be able to take that next step. You're gonna be able to get next year to a team that. All of a sudden, now in the middle of the pack of the ACC, or they're taking that next step, and maybe maybe we're talking NIT next year. That is what this kind of win will do. Because if you went through this whole season with every game just being garbage, maybe other than the Notre Dame win, which is actually looking really good right now because the Irish are playing really well. Um, but if you went through the whole ACC season season playing really bad, that is hard to sell to recruits. Like you're like, oh, you know, even if you have like mostly transfers and and recruits that you kind of were behind the ball getting getting here because you started late, that's still a tough sell for those players. That being said, you you sprinkle in the Notre Dame game, this game, maybe a win or two more coming down the road. All of a sudden now there is some buzz. There is some. This team is not the the doormat of ball. Uh, at right now, and I can and Earl Gray could say, "Look, I took a team that was really bad last year, and this is where we're at now. We're gonna even be next year with you. We'll be even better." So I think this was a big recruiting win for Boston College. Like this is something that you can build for the fan base to the recruits. It was it was everything that you wanted. So congratulations to BC. But now we have to move on to Louisville and a team that has lost, according to Chris Mack. But BC, I, I can't even remember the last time BC beat Louisville. So we'll have to talk a little bit more about that later on this week. In our final segment, it's our news segment. It's everyone's favorite as we talk all about all the little news nuggets and notes that you're going to want to know about. But let's let's get into Built Bar. It's my favorite. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You're going to want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or gross. You want to eat healthy? Check out the Built Bar because they're not boring. They have some delicious flavors. Uh, check these out. You can get 
cookies and cream, raspberry, paint peanut butter brush, salted caramel, or my favorite, heading over to Built.com and checking out some of their specialty flavors. They have a whole list of new ones that come out all the time, and I'm telling you, some of the ones they come up with are even better than the OG flavors. And the and the Built Bar has a nutritional value that you're going to love. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. It's it's not even close. You got to check out the Built Bar. So head on over to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Before we get into the news, I want to just offer a retraction or mistake I made on yesterday's show when I said that Boston College Hockey lost two games to um, UNH this weekend without Mark McLaughlin or Jack McBain. Both of those guys were on the roster. I apologize. I didn't get a chance to see the game while I was reading recaps. Um, so I thought that they were already on the Olympic teams, but they are not yet. So that was a mistake on my part. I apologize for making that mistake. Quiet day in terms of news on the Boston College front. The most interesting I saw was Pro Football Focus already did their 2023 first round NFL draft mock draft and they had Phil Dracovic in their first round draft for next year which I think a lot of people will probably agree once the end of the year happens but it was interesting to see that they had him going number 10 to the Atlanta Falcons would be interesting (laughs) that'd be really uh, a fun thing to have is one Boston College quarterback replacing another Boston College quarterback but they have Dracovic going to the Falcons at number 10 so that tells you where like pro football focus they're, they're not usually very kind to Boston College, so it's interesting to see them have them so highly ranked, to have Dracovic so highly ranked heading into that draft because um, that could be a real steal for them. And also a little Eagles in the NFL discussion here. Now, we last week just talked about eight players from the uh, Boston College being in the uh, in the playoffs, and I don't think any of them were eliminated from the wildcard round so far. Um, there's a chance on Monday night, before I record this, that Arizona could send home uh, Zach Allen if they lose to the Rams. So there's one chance. But this is actually about an eagle that's not in the NFL right now, and that's Chris Lindstrom of the uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Lindstrom was a first-round draft pick in 2021. He did not get a—2020, uh, excuse me. He did not get a chance really to play all that much as a freshman—freshman. Uh, yeah, freshman, as a as a rookie—sorry, i got to get myself out of college football mode here. As a rookie— he got hurt early and then missed most of the season. He comes back and has an incredible year. Like a year like almost like Zion Johnson had with Boston College. He let up zero sacks. Zero. And for a team like Atlanta, which has in the past really struggled with their offensive line, Matt Ryan gets hit a lot. To have a guy like Lindstrom have the kind of season he had is special. He should be a pro bowler. He should be one of the best offensive linemen heading into next year. That's just great. I mean, just to see him, a name that you just didn't think much about because of his injury from last year, have him to come out and have such a monstrous, really first season for him was cool and something not very many people expected. So congratulations to Chris Lindstrom. And finally, because I don't ever really talk about them all that much, I want to give a shout out to Abby Newhook, the uh, women's hockey player who was named Rookie of the Week by Hockey East. She had uh, her sixth multi-point game of the season on Saturday with one goal and one assist against UConn. She fired six shots on goal in the overtime loss. She finished with two game, uh, two points during the week, eight shots on goal, and a plus two rating. She leads all Hockey East rookies in scoring with 17 points off nine goals and eight assists. So congratulations to Abby Newhook. Um, that's a, a great honor and uh, 
we, you know, I love to bring up other sports on the show that we don't get the chance to talk to about, and especially when they get a nice moment like this. So congratulations to Abby. Uh, that's a great little thing there. Now on tomorrow's show, we'll jump into more about this and preview the Louisville game because that's coming up and we're going to want to get a, a feel on how that team looks and we'll get into that. We'll get into any uh, offensive coordinator news or any recruiting news that has popped up and everything in between. Thank you all for listening. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or at LockedOnBC for the site. I'm the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. You can check out my writing and work there along with Mitch Wolf, who you can also check out on the show uh, later this week. Um, also, if you have not done so already, head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. I see a few of you doing this every day. really does make a difference, and I love it if you do that. It's a free thing. Signing up is free. I won't spam you with notifications, all that good stuff. It just helps more people find the podcast. So if you have YouTube, find Locked on BC and hit that subscribe button. It's free. It's, it takes you 10 seconds, but means the world to me. So if you could do that, that would be a major, major help for the podcast. Thank you all, and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.